0: Today, um, or I'm going to start off with a little confession um, about today's homily. Uh, I am absolutely terrified of heights. Um, I I, I, I am not somebody that likes to be up high. I am not somebody that likes to be, I remember when my dad was working in New Orleans at one time, uh, he had a window in his office, he was 16 stories up, and I remember I was afraid to even like kind of peek out into the window. Um, I, I tried my best, I do my best to keep that under wraps, especially when I was in like, high school and elementary school, uh, because that is like fuel to a fire for people. Especially when you're with a bunch of friends, and we decide at Disney World that we're going to go ride Tower of Terror. And they, I, I don't want to chicken out like everybody else, and uh, they find out. The two hours that we were in line, they were, they were rough. Uh, bro, what if the rubber band breaks? I hate. I hate my friends, right? Um, but I remember being in high school. I remember going on. There was one moment that I really, the one time I really remember being terrified of heights. I was in high school. We were on a trip for uh, for FFA. Um, we were going to national convention. Um, we were on our way. We stopped in Georgia, and we went to this to this like kind of place where we had some trails and things we could go through and it was a really really cool kind of you know tourist trap kind of attraction it was really fun Um, but I remember we were walking through all these trails in the mountains and enjoying ourselves, and then all of a sudden we came around this one bend and I see in front of me there was about a 200 foot long about 400 foot high bridge now this bridge though looked like what you would see like on a on like a movie about island, and like being in the islands or something, it was a sagging like kind of rope bridge. And there were boards on it. And it was held together with cables, but that didn't matter. Because I've seen enough movies to realize when you're walking across that, that those boards break. And I got scared and I'm like, uh-uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go last. I'm, I don't want anybody to see me freaking out and freezing on this bridge. So we let everybody else go. And me and my buddies, one of my buddies, one of my best friends, like we let everybody go. And he was right in front of me, and right in front of him were a couple of girls that we would pick on and have fun with or whatever. and like, So what he decides to do while we're walking across this bridge, we're 400 feet up, and I'm petrified. I am holding on every step. My knees are shaking. We're walking across, and he decides he's going to make fun of the people in front of him and pick on the people in front of him, and he starts to jump. I could have thrown him off of that bridge, just <laughs> splat. You know, like it was so bad, I was so freaked out. I'm, I'm standing behind him and he's just in the middle of the bridge, just jumping. And I'm, I'm gripping the, the cable behind him. I could feel the blisters starting. I'm waiting for like me to break the skin. Like, it, was, it was terrible and I was trapped because there's people behind me and he's in front of me and I'm just stuck until I finally, I got right behind him and I whispered, I said, if you don't stop jumping, I'm going to throw you off. Stopped, and we, we continued, and it was all good. All right, I get to the end, though, and I was absolutely freaked out. Nobody likes being that terrified. Nobody likes the experience of being utterly Terrified. Right? Even people that watch things like horror movies, even people that watch things like um, watch movies or, or, or watch things that might just startle them or something, nobody likes it because even those things, they end, right? You go to a haunted house, it ends. You're going to be safe. Ultimately, nobody likes the idea of being utterly and completely terrified. Today in our Gospel, this is what the apostles are experiencing, they are utterly and completely terrified. I think right now in our world, there's fear, is just there. Fear and anxiety just kind of happen to be around and they're just kind of in, in the culture and just kind of in the zeitgeist of the world around us. There's, a, there, there's an idea of fear that just happens to be in front of us no matter what we do or where we go. Right? So, if, if that's the case, if fear is something that is there, I think we can learn something from today's Gospel. I think we can learn something from what it is that Jesus is doing, meeting the apostles, meeting the twelve disciples in their fear, in their terror, in their worry. Let's, Let's build the scene. Let's look at where they are in the Gospel. Let's look at what's happening in today's Gospel. They, they just experienced the multiplication of the loaves that we heard about last week. Jesus goes off to pray and then they get in a boat and they're going to travel to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They are about four miles in. Now the Sea of Galilee is roughly seven to eight miles wide, so they are in the middle of the, of the sea. They are in the middle of the lake. It's like being in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. The wind is against them, and they're not in some kind of offshore fishing vessel that we have today. They're in their old time paddle boat sail kind of boat little vessel that can hold 12 people the wind is against them they don't have good weather we hear about this what happens whenever you're in a small boat and you got choppy seas you kind of get thrown around and there's nowhere around you there's no close land that you can really feel like safe that you'll be able to get to so if this is going on, I, I don't know about you, but I would already be worried. Let's make it worse. Let's put it at night, between the third and the fourth, or between in the fourth watch of the night. That's roughly between three and six a.m. Now it's not like being out in the Gulf of Mexico. You can't look out on the on the on the uh, horizon and see oilfield derricks or anything like that. There, if it's cloudy, you're not really going to see many stars or the moon, the things that they would navigate by. And if it's that late at night, most likely cities are even kind of dim. So they're in the middle of a, of a wasteland of sorts. They have no direction on how to get out. And they're fearing for their life. Sounds kind of like being on a, on a, on a bridge. And some jerk jumping in front of you. <laughs> what happens, though, in this scene? What happens in this is that Jesus comes walking on the water to them. Again, let's, just, let's go a little bit further into that fear and into that uncertainty. Now they all of a sudden see something coming their way on water. I don't know about you, but if, uh, people, I, 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 I go to step in water and I sink. So I don't know what is coming my way now in the darkness, in the storm, with no light, with nothing around me, and something's approaching. I'd be terrified too. I think what happens in our world today is that there are fears that kind of, that, that well up. There are fears that our world today really focuses on. When we focus on all of those details, we can start to see the, the, the tension. We can start to see the anxiety that the apostles, that the disciples were experiencing in this boat. And in the same way, I think when we look at the fears and the details of the world around us today, we can do the same thing. Where we can just focus on the things of the world. There are a few fears that really come to light, and especially in our world today, that, that may not have been things that have, that have that were in the past, or, or may have just been something that is kind of the character of our society today. Three of them in particular. The first one, the fear of missing out, FOMO, right, as you might hear. I remember being in college and somebody offering me saying, hey, um, I want let, to, let's, let's do something on Friday night. And I'd say, okay, I'll let you know, and that might be on a Tuesday, and then on Wednesday they would reach out, hey, you good them for Friday? I'll let you know. And then for Thursday, you good for Friday? I, I, I think so, but I'll let you know. Friday morning, sure, I'll go. What's happened is, is that the fear of missing out, I didn't say no at the beginning. I didn't say yes at the beginning. The only reason why is because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss out on something better on Friday. Why well, tie myself down? Our world today has become a place of just lack of commitment, where our yes doesn't mean yes and our no doesn't mean no. Both of them have been replaced with I'll let you know. we got a fear, another fear that kind of wells up. And I think this is something that, that, that is across generations. It's a fear of failure. Whatever way I define success, whatever way my job defines success, whatever the way my boss defines success, whatever the way my family defines success, that is the thing that drives my life. And if I don't match up to that, idea of success then I failed then I'm worthless finally one that I think is something that for all of us that I think we can equally see but it's been something that has just been revved up since the social media kind of social media revolution that's happened in the last 20 years Another one, if we want to really be honest with ourselves, is a fear of being seen. Because quite honestly, it's really, my, my life doesn't look perfect like the Facebook life of so many other people. My life doesn't look as good as the Instagram filter. I need to make sure that my life fits in. Fits in enough, but stands out at the same time whenever I'm scrolling through a news feed. So often, we, I, I, the, the facade that we put up, the persona that we put out there, the, the role that we think we have to play, that we have to put out to other people, it's usually something to just try and say, my life is perfect. I'm perfect. There's, nothing, there's no shortcoming in me. When in reality, i, I got a history. When in reality, I have a past as well. When in reality, I fall short and struggle with my sins still. These fears though, so often, these are the fears, that, these are three of the things, three examples of the things that we run into every day. That we can focus on every day, the same way that Peter started focusing on the wind and the waves and everything around him, and we start to sink really quickly. The hope in today's Gospel, though, the hope for all of us, is that Jesus Christ, right, particularly Jesus Christ crucified, Jesus Christ on the cross, Jesus Christ as our Savior and Redeemer is the focus that that casts out all of this fear. Just look at those three, for example. If you have a fear of missing out, if Jesus Christ is the main thing in my life, if Jesus Christ is what I order all of my life and relationships by, then you know what—Friday night's thing doesn't matter because I'm focused on what does. I can give a yes there to Him, even if I can't get a, even if it, I'm tempted to hold back with a friend of mine. If you fear a failure, by by all intents and purposes, Good Friday looks like Jesus failed. By all all intents and purposes, by the worldly standards of the day, it looks like Jesus failed. Failure personified looks like a, a, a criminal crucified. But Jesus is not weighed down or broken by what looks like worldly failure. He goes beyond that. They celebrate that He failed on Good Friday, and we still celebrate on Sunday that He rose. The fears of being seen? The entire drama at the foot of the cross where Jesus gives Mary to us and the church and to John specifically, begins because Jesus sees them standing next to the altar. I mean, next to the cross. In the same way, Jesus wants, to, wants us to see him with all of the waves and all of the struggle. The thing that causes Peter to, to start to sink is that Peter takes his eyes off of the Lord, that other things become more important, that other things start to take his attention away from the Lord. When we were in seminary, um, one of the priests that we worked with a lot used to say this uh this phrase so bear with me he would say the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing repeat after me the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing what is it in your life that is that main thing What is it in your life? What relationship in your life? What thing in your life? What is the main focus of your life? Because the reality is, if Jesus Christ is not the main focus, we're probably focusing on the waves. We're probably focusing on the other stuff. We're probably focusing in some way on the fear and anxiety of the world around us. But well, when we focus on the Lord, when we pay attention to him above all else, when he is our main thing, it changes the way that we do everything else in our life. It makes me a better dad, makes me a better wife, makes me a better child, a better spouse, makes me a better a, a better teacher, makes me a better garbage man, whatever it is. Because I'm doing it with the love of God. So often, we focus on all of the fears or anxieties or stuff or noise or busyness. And we can lose sight of the main thing. Now, Father, that sounds great. That's wonderful. You've been talking forever. But how do I get that? Like, how how do I let Jesus become the main thing? How do I turn and shift my eyes to Him being the main thing? That's where we look at our first reading. Because in our first reading today, Elijah wants to see the face of God. He wants to understand God. And God sends an earthquake, and God's not in the earthquake. And then there's a fire, and God's not in the fire. And then there's wind, and God's not in the wind. So, in all the busyness and noise and production and loud and, and everything of the world that's going on around Elijah, God's not there. But where does he find him? in the still and small whispering sound. In our life, when you examine your life, when you examine your day, you look at your calendar, you look at the busyness and things that you have going on, and I understand parents, you're running around, especially if you've got 1 to 12 kids, it doesn't matter. It, if you are running around and busy and there's a lot of noise, I get it. But is there a space that we let the Lord speak? Is there a space that can be quiet enough where we allow the Lord to speak to our heart? Is there a space in time of your day that we allow the Lord to interact with us? Because it trains us to look for Him. It trains us to keep our eyes on Him. It trains us that when the waves of life, the earthquake, the fire, the wind, whenever it's dark and we've got no direction, when we're in this great abyss that just seems to have no direction and it's a kind of hopeless situation, whenever somebody's sick or somebody dies, whenever some, when we have the fear of the world around us weighing in on us, when all of these things get too rough, it trains us to keep our eyes fixed on the main thing. Today, when we come to celebrate Mass, when we come to be in the presence of our Lord, there's a moment where after the words of consecration, the priest raises up the bread. It gives us all a chance to refocus. It gives us all a chance, just like Peter walking on the water, to keep our eyes locked. To stay focused on our God. Words that Jesus says whenever He walks in the water, when He approaches the boat, take courage. Do not be afraid. I am. He's revealing that He is God, but He's telling them very, very plainly. Take courage. He's speaking against their fear. Be not afraid. I am. When we come to Mass, when we come before our Lord, He says the same words to us. Don't pay attention to the waves. Don't pay attention to the struggle. Don't pay attention to the anxiety and the fear in the world around us. Just focus on me. Take courage. Do not be afraid. I am.